0: Welcome to the Real Estate Kickback Podcast. This is Jasmine Ransom, your host, also known as the Fancy Realtor. I'm actually bringing you guys um, an episode that I think was so relevant before I started to dive into other topics. It's titled "Great Expectations: The Realtor Edition." Of course, we're going to be talking about you know expectations on both the client and agent side. Why communication is so important, along with some other things that go into it. Most importantly, I do have a guest. I am so excited to bring them to you guys. Can't wait to get your feedback. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe button down below. We have Hannah and Thomas Sheik. Um, They're actually colleagues of mine. They're realtors in the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as Los Angeles. And you're here tonight to discuss um, episode number three, Great Expectations to Realtor Edition. So what we're going to do is going to have them introduce themselves, tell us a little bit who they are, their background is and how they ended up in real estate.
1: Thank you, Miss Fancy Realtor. Uh, Glad to be on the show. I'm Tomas and I have here with me my wife Subhana and also my co-agent and we're excited to be here.
0: That's great. Yeah, thank you for joining us. I'm sorry, what did you say? I didn't mean to cut you off. I said, "Thank you for having us, Jasmine." Of course. So, what brought, what actually, you know, um, made you guys get into real estate? Let's talk, touch on that first, and tell me a little bit about your background.
1: Um, I think my journey to real estate started at a really young age, um, and um, looking at my parents, we were one studio, one bedroom in a garage with five people. She had five kids. Plus two seven. In a garage and one bathroom, and since then, uh, I witnessed my father invest in, uh, his uh, investment into real estate uh, with five kids um, at an early on, and I seen his struggles and hard work, and so it motivated me to uh, recognize what real estate and the power uh, it provides to generational wealth and. Um, and then also being a homeowner myself recently um has allowed me to just look back at experiences that have Uh, strived us to success. And so we're just here to share that journey.
2: Yeah. And I would say what got me into real estate is my husband. Uh, He's been in the industry for over 10 years. And we've recently purchased our new dream home. And that has definitely inspired me to get more involved. So uh, that's my reasoning.
0: I love it. Wonderful story. So we're going to actually just dive on in um, and talk about expectations. So in the real estate industry, um, there's just so many expectations. You have expectations from your clients, um, clients have expectations from us. Um, we also tend to expect a little bit more from our partners. And what I mean by partners, I mean like, you know, our our more mortgage lenders. We need them to be a part of the transaction as well. Not to mention, you know, a price and everything else that goes into making a real estate transaction come together. So first, I would like to touch on the most important part, which is actually our clients. So how would you actually tell me this? How do you manage your clients' expectations? Like, what exactly do you do? What steps do you actually take?
1: That's a great question. And there's probably a fourfold answer to that question. But ideally, it starts from... The very very beginning to introduction to first impressions and setting expectations and then having to reset those expectations um, because um, it th- there's lots of different fluids of energy involved in a real estate transactions emotion partners stakeholders and recognizing the core and the nut of who's who the decision maker is uh what the look and feel and the aesthetics of a of a property need to be and then financially and so Um, it's, it's a, it's a complete process and we, we're, we're the ones that ask all the good questions. And so to make sure that, uh, their checklist is, uh, current with our market and everything going on.
2: Yeah. And with that, definitely being transparent through the whole process is very important. So with setting expectations and resetting expectations, of course, always being fully transparent with your client.
1: Honesty, integrity is all. It's all involved.
0: I agree. Um, it's funny you talk about the introduction period because for me, how I typically set the expectation, I need my clients to understand when you're hiring me to do something for you. Simply as just being your realtor, I need you to be available. And how I test that level of availability is when I send them a calendar link. <laughs> Give them some homework and we want to niece checklist. And that tells me how serious you are. Because I wanna make sure you're just as invested in this process as I am, and that you actually are willing to take the time to become a student, to learn about the current market conditions, what it takes to actually get a a home, you know, actually an offer accepted in this market so you can win your dream home or something close to your dream home and so on and so forth. So um, thank you for sharing as far as, you know, how you manage your clients' expectations. Um, I I guess at this point, I want to touch on considering we have to be teachers, you know, for for our clients. We know we have to be like the professor, if you will. Has the market forced you to kind of curve those expectations in a way and whatever you may have told your client in the past? Not that necessarily it it forces you to contradict yourself, but it may have made you um, reconsider how you conduct business in order to get your clients exactly what they want. I hope that makes sense,
1: if you will. I think that makes sense. Um, overall, it's an interview for them to have the best realtor and the best agent. And then it's also up to us to interview our clients and say, um, are you also checking off my list? And so it's it has to be a mutual agreement. And let's... Let's look at this market right now that we're in. It's a hot, busy market. And there's not multiple offers. There's tremendous offers. Um, 33, 35, right? And we were just talking about our last real estate transaction. And we can get into the details of that. But it's a white, hot market.
0: For sure. Um, Have you ever been in a situation where you know... I'm trying to just really think how to say. It. Actually, I'm just gonna go on and just throw it out there. People do not want contingencies. There are even instances where people are discriminating. They don't want to talk about it. It's like the, you know, the unknown, you know, elephant in the room. People don't want certain type of financing. They prefer cash or conventional. They don't want to deal with FHA or VA. They don't want to deal with contingencies. They don't want to deal with all these other factors. So it's agents, no matter how ethical we are, we have to ask our clients hard questions. How bad do you want it? Um, is this a house that you absolutely can't, you'll be upset if you were to lose it, you know? Um, sometimes we may have to push a little bit further and, and ask them, For this house, understand we're going up against 10 other offers that were submitted today. We don't know what those offers look like. Most likely, in order to beat them off the water, we need to come in really strong at price and come in very strong with our terms. So if you're not comfortable with taking off a finance or appraisal contingency, they already did inspections. I highly recommend taking off an inspection contingency. And potentially, do you have the money to pay the difference between like the appraisal reach, and and that's what I mean. Like, so have there ever been a situation where, you know, you want to protect your client because contingencies protects our clients, where you just had to say, you know what, either we go all in or go home. Like, you go all in and just just say we ain't going right.
1: Yeah, and if I can share my, just this morning I got an offer rejected, and Jasmine, I, I I have to let you know that. I offer at a listing price of nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's the listing price, and we offered one hundred and fifty thousand over that at that listing price at one point one million dollars, with a thirty six percent down payment. That's equals to four hundred thousand dollars in down payment, and no contingencies, no appraisal contingency, no finance contingencies, no uh, home is contingency, nothing. And wow. We got denied, and so when we say highest and best, we mean highest and best, and with no contingencies. It's now that there there needs to be no one's talking about it, and I like that you're wanting to shed some light on this uh, market. It's a great analysis.
0: Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's the best I can do right now. I'm cringing watching my phone, trying to figure out: Did my offer get accepted? Please get accepted. You know, like goodness, you guys are killing me. Like we're we're definitely offering, you know, over asking. We're doing the best that we can, um, with with the terms that we have. So. With that being said, um, have you ever experienced like a breakdown in communication with your clients where maybe your client felt pressured? Maybe they didn't feel understood. Um, There are so many times where our clients expectations don't match up with reality. So, for instance, they want this lavish, beautiful home, but their budget doesn't match it Mm -hmm. or... If they want to put themselves in a position to get a fixer and they think they're going to get a discount on the market. But you're like, listen, you're not the only person looking for a fixer opportunity. I need you to understand that. And you're trying to go into neighborhoods where at best they're valued at two million. Yeah, this home may need work, but you can't come in here lowball and think you're going to offer eight hundred thousand. You know, those type of situations. Have you found yourself? um encountering that, you know, with a client as far as like the level of miscommunication or not just having a little bit of a little disconnect to say the least.
1: All the above, all the above. In addition to that, let's say a client wants a fixer upper and then um, they get an offer accepted. Let's go to phase two of that. Sometimes the clients don't understand code. Uh, Can you even build? Um, What's the construction permit uh, timeline? And um, if you refinance, what is the strategy to refinance? How many years? If you do a reappraisal, and you have all these red flags, you're you're going down a down a rabbit hole pretty fast. And so, uh, we need to be teachers and orchestra leaders, but we can't. It's hard to set those expectations, handhold, and then be there. Every step of the way, if the client is not itself engaged um, and and willing to take direction, at some point you have to take the consultant and the and and our direction at, at minimum, and and likewise. So yeah, it's a two-way flow.
2: And then I'd like to add on that um, sometimes you have clients that don't want to go above asking or even want to go below asking in some cases, even considering uh, the market in the Bay Area. And in those cases, we've had clients who didn't feel comfortable going so high above asking, waiving all the contingencies and whatnot. And after getting multiple offers declined, they found themselves being pushed further and further out of the Bay Area, just looking for their home. So, you know, again, that goes back to resetting those expectations and just being fully transparent um, as to what the market is right now.
0: I, goodness, I really, really wish that there was like a course that buyers and sellers could go through it could be something as simple as like <laughs> a three-hour course fast track to real estate how that looks and what to expect because people they're they're doing all these articles they're listening to their friends mm-hmm. have no clue no clue god bless mm-hmm. their heart God bless them. <laughs> they have no clue. And, and it's funny because it's really because we have to come in, save the day, teach them. It's like take out the bad habits and teach them the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all of this being said, setting expectations, understanding, you know, how to get through our clients, um, helping them to understand what we actually do for a living, trying to get them to actually trust us. So people sometimes don't really talk about trust as much. And people have realtors, and they don't trust them. I find it so weird. How do you work with someone you don't trust? But people do it all the time. It's because uh, their friend Jimmy required, you know, told them this person's really good. I like them, and they they have like a loyalty, but they don't really necessarily trust them. So how do you um, how do you build trust with your clients? And tell me how important it is to build trust.
1: Yeah, let's let's hear what Savannah has to say.
2: Um, I think it's very important to build trust, and um, with that comes understanding what the client wants and what their communication styles are, how much handholding they need. Um, you know, some um, some of your clients they prefer communications over email. Some prefer text. Some prefer calling them every day. Um, and you know, just understanding their flow is important, and then. Also, being a relatable advisor to them, uh, someone who can hear um, and give their expertise to the client. So, that's what they're looking for when it comes to trust, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Yeah. um, I've had some clients, you know, put me through tests. I don't know if it's ever happened to you guys. They're like, well, I just want to make sure that, you know, everyone comes over and they're they're given in their best outfit, their best vernacular. They come in. But I really want to know who you are at the core. And I'm like thinking in my head, what type of employment interview is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, sure. So (laughs) I've been invited over for dinner. I've been invited to functions and it's all a part of the interview process for them to decide. If I'm a good match for them. Now mind you, for me to even just decide to go, I've decided that we're a good match, but they're still interviewing and deciding. So um once I pass the test now I'm, I'm like, you know, family at this point, they trust me, we can talk about anything. And I've noticed that for some clients in order for them to build trust with you, they wanna know that you're a subject matter expert in your field, but they also wanna know, actually want to know that you're human. They wanna have that human interaction with you, that connection to know, oh, well, how was your day today? What's going on in your life? Because let's just cut to the chase. Real estate is a lifestyle. And that's what we're selling, a complete lifestyle. And people have to know that you're outside, that, that you're more than just this realtor who drives an amazing car, has this awesome career. How are you when you're not working? Can I invite you over? Because whether you want to believe it or not, most deals are closed, not necessarily in boardrooms. They're closed on golf courses. They're closed at barbecues, um, happy hours. That's how you typically meet your clients because they feel like they trust you.
1: Yeah. At this and point, at times we have to be psychologists, listeners, um,
0: Counselor.
1: counselors, friends, uh, family. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, hey, can you write me this lease real quick? Uh, what, what's your thought on this? And it's funny, it's, it's just funny, but it, it's, it goes back to the, the trust, but it also goes back to how much time and effort we have invested in the client itself and, and our fees associated to that. Sometimes clients ask us in the interview process, what are your fees and um, are, what, what can you do to help those fees and, and provide to the closing cost? And sometimes it's some of those tough questions where um, we have to set those expectations. So I think we we were talking about this, um, and, and it's such an important topic for new realtors and agents around the world to understand um, what the conversation is. And so we can all represent as, as one group.
0: Actually, you just tied into the next thing I wanted to actually touch on. So I, I would love to hear your input on that, because as we know, when people are having you sit at the table, having those drinks for you, you know, with you, and and saying, you know, so so how, how much does it cost to actually hire you? Well, for a buyer, I'm typically free. But if you're selling your home, I'm not free. I come with a fee. And not only that, don't assume I get to pocket all of this money. I still have to pay people to bring their clients in to purchase your home. It has to be worth their while as well. And the typical commission for buyer's agents are two and a half percent. So some people think that, you know, you're going to sell your house one and, percent and get a good, uh, you know, experience and get all this, uh, you know, wonderful attention. Well, you go call it Refin and tell me how that works, because they're the only people I know who do one percent listing fees um, at this point in time. It could be more people, but. I, I just noticed that the overall experience and level of professionalism it is a topic different versus if you hire someone from an actual brokerage and a realtor is making sure that you're you're being well taken care of. And I would just like for people to take their hands off of our commissions and not assume we don't earn it, you know? It, it and I feel like people don't consider the fact that If I'm working with you for three, four, six months, I'm showing you property or I'm listing your house, I'm preparing it for market. Do you not think I should be compensated for that? Because I don't get paid until the transaction closes. So pretty much I'm just getting my payment in one lump sum. When you go to work, you get to get a paycheck every two weeks or every 15th and the 30th. If your boss gave you a commission once a month and he wants 75% of it back so he can cover, you know, bottom line expenses, how would you feel about that? So I think that clients should be very mindful um, about asking us to give kickbacks or to give credits for closing just because they feel that they can. I, I honestly just really don't agree with that. And- I really would love for you to touch on your experience um, of someone potentially asking you while trying to build that trusting relationship.
1: It's great discussion. I think just to backtrack just a little bit to what you said, technology long-term and what the real estate market is going to be with that technology, I think is a whole nother podcast that we need to talk about. Um, Secondly, Clients clients now uh, seem to think that that's something like a request for a proposal for a contractor. And that's an item that has to be filled in. What percent are you going to uh, kick back for a closing cost? And so um, it's interesting. Uh, and and, and it's, it's some of those conversations that we have to ask ourselves because our value and and the respect we have for ourselves is so much greater than a client asking for that and hopefully the client can recognize that through i say the the answer to that question for me that i that i always tell my clients is let's find you a home at the end of the day if you're not satisfied with this home um and i i haven't done my badass job for getting you this property and um Let's talk. Let's have that conversation then, and so that keeps the train uh, moving because by that time, the the fancy realtor and TS realtors, we're we're gonna be on the job, um, and on the hunt, and we're gonna get the offers accepted because we don't stop. So that's the value. And if a Redfin agent or a listing from there comes, um, you you can definitely um, explore those. But we come out and we rise on top.
2: Yeah, definitely. And then to uh, piggyback off that, um, you know, these clients don't get that personal um, experience that, you know, Redfin and all these platforms who charge um, 1% give, you know, that's a lot of time and investment that goes into uh, these clients my husband is working 12 plus hours a day trying to find you a home on weekends oh. taking away from a uh, family time and whatnot going to find you your dream home talk to you for hours um, about this so it does take up a lot of time and they don't get compensated there's no base salary with this commission so it's very well deserved at the end of the day And not to mention there's fees and uh, whatnot that go into it. So every realtor has to pay um, their brokerage and uh, for those um, fees
0: and titles.
1: MLS fees and, and all of that that comes with it. fees,
0: TC, (laughs) transaction (laughs) coordinator for those who don't know what a TC is. Yeah.
1: Referral fee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Someone send you something. I pay referral fee. Sometimes referral fees are 40%. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you're like.
1: Taxes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Healthcare. No one talks about these things. Alrighty. Well, I just want to touch on, on this one other thing. Um, I would like you to give a customer experience something that has really helped to shape your career. And it made you realize, not only do I need to have expectations beforehand, but I think I may wanna conduct business a little bit differently going forward. Shoot your best shot.
1: Um, my my wife was just whispering to me. Uh, <laughs> customer experience we 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 have all the time. We we recently haven't. <laughs> but at the end of the day, she's she's we are we are best of best of friends, and the and she knows it. Um, it's a special client of mine, uh, a referral, and um, the decisions and the change of of minds has been, uh, driving both of us crazy. And we both knew it. We're like, yeah, we're going a different direction than we just talked about, but I know, I know. And as long as it can be fun in the process, it's always worth it. But, uh, um, in that process, we, we found, we found the home, we, we got it accepted. Um, and she's happy, but it just took a little bit more time. It just took a little bit of time and energy.
2: Yeah, and we definitely learned to be as specific and detailed as possible. You know, especially working with clients that aren't from the area and we have to connect with them over Zoom, FaceTime, the phone, text, email. Um, We just need to be very, very specific in detail as to what their expectations are. And then, you know, have those check ins after each showing.
1: And check ins, I, I actually call working sessions. Because when we set up our Zoom calls, they're not just calls. And and to, to just have a one-way conversation. These are working sessions. I need them to be invested. So we go through the maps, we go through the radiuses, we uh, screen share. And so with this technology, it's also helped um, facilitate these calls. And so if a client is engaging in the calls and they, they have their pre-call letter ready, they have bank statements sent and saying, here's the proof of funds. Um, and, and, and sending me properties and saying, I want, I want to put an offer on this one. I've done my due diligence. I've looked at the radius. I even drove by it the other day because I know what it's like to be, a, to, to buy a home. They, they, so you, there's different clients, but those clients are the special ones. Um, and everyone, if you're an investor investing in real estate, you're the one that needs to do the research. I'm here for you, but most of the work and effort is going to be on you um, just as much as it's going to be on me.
0: Right. Because you're the one that's making ultimately the decision and it's your money and you're the person who's going to be stuck with it after you sign. Once you close and you get those keys. Mm-hmm. I think people actually forget that. I can give you all the advice in the world, but it's it's not my investment. My, how my long-term thought as far as investing is going to be different than yours. My goal and my agenda is going to be different as well. So I always advise people, take notes, figure out what it is that you really want. Because if you ask me, now I feel like I'm coercing you to do something that you may not want to do just because I made it sound real sexy, you know? But yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I want to ask uh actually two two last questions i'm I'm gonna finish it on now um what explain to our listeners why is it important to hire a realtor um people think it's best to work with a listen agent um they want to work the listen agent instead sometimes they go cheat on us they don't understand that um hiring a realtor rather you sign an exclusive agreement or not it's like a a relationship or boyfriend, girlfriend, or even going into a marriage. If you're not happy, state that, explain that to me. Don't go cheat on me and have me find out the hard way. That is so painful and it's so unfair. Please don't do that. Just tell your agent, listen here. I don't think we're vibing, we're not on the same pace. Um, I, I'm, I don't really like your service or you could do it the nice way and say, you know what? I'm really overwhelmed right now. I'm gonna take a break from the process. I like to take a break from you as well. I feel pressured. I will be in touch. End of story. That's all people have to do. But um, some people think they don't actually need us. And I just really want to hear you guys' thoughts on why it's important to hire an agent and why buyers should work with their own agent instead of hiring the listing agent. Please explain. I love that.
2: To uh, give a short um, answer to that question, I think it would uh, definitely be to genuinely have someone who has the best interest for you and who will advocate for you. That's why you should have your own agent, um, and I think you can speak on that in more detail.
1: I like that answer. That's a that's a really great answer. That's the nut of everything. We're here. It's my fiduciary responsibility to represent you, um, and and represent you well. And whatever those goals that we were marching to, if we don't meet those goals, or if we can't beat those goals, then I'm not the agent for you, and I'm not satisfied myself if if I haven't provided that level of service. And so, um, th- there there's tough times where. Um, shady things or unethical things happens in the market and, and, and everyone um, recognizes it. But if we continue to entertain those, I think that's a, that's we're headed in the wrong direction as a whole. So that's a different conversation with ethical issues, but going back to representing and, and representing you well, I think, um, that's that that's the answer. It's our fiduciary responsibility and we mean it. And and we don't get paid at, until the very we're the last person to get paid on the job. So, we're not rushing to get paid because we know how extensive that process is. If we get offer accepted, we're not getting paid 45 days out until until everything you signed all the, you you signed the disclosures, you signed you you, you filed loan funded, brokerage got paid uh we wait 2 weeks after snail mail to or, or a pickup so <laughs> all of those things
0: yeah actually you know you're right on the head i don't even have to give my my two cents <laughs> <laughs> because it's really important. I, I think you need to have your own agent. Actually, I just got a text message that came through and said, um, do I need to hire an agent when I buy a new house? And I said, why would you not want to hire an agent? And his uh, exact response was, I want to be able to go at my own pace. And and that's where you said our conversation about ethics and, and how we conduct business is a whole other conversation because people want to cut us out the deal because they feel like we don't do anything which is open the door. Um, they feel pressured. Uh, it's, it's so many other things that go into it. I think I was on a call maybe yesterday or the day before, and they were talking about how some lady was exposed on TV because they were discriminating against people. Like fake buyers were calling them just to see how people respond and they they were oh let me take notes for first you need to get pre approved what well, we all we all know everyone it should be pre pre approved first but they want to know about proof of funds they have like all these really weird questions that determine if they want to work with you first when really your job as an agent you have the right to decide who you want to work with but you do not discriminate up front and unfortunately when you start looking to go towards listing agents, they're they're fishing for people who are gonna give their clients exactly what they're looking for. Not you as the buyer, what you're looking for, which is typically the best price and also terms that are within reach that will not put you in a bad situation. And also a good house, Because sometimes homes, they don't have all these disclosures out and they don't disclose things on a TDS. For those who don't know what a TDS is, it's a transfer disclosure statement or the SPQ, the seller's questionnaire, you know. So people just aren't always honest. And that's why, again, it's always important to have your own agent so that someone can actually represent your your own interests and make sure that you're not signing up for something that's going to have you potentially in a lawsuit years later or in a bad investment. So um, as we get ready to close off, it's been a a pleasure interviewing both of you, actually. Um, Before I let you go, I just wanted to know what advice would you give any new home buyer, first time seller in today's market right now and why would you give them that advice
1: my, I think my wife is going to give a good answer to that she has been in that process as of a few months ago and and so let, let's see let's hear her thoughts
2: um, I would definitely advise someone um, on the buying side <laughs> to definitely review and get your finances together Research the market to understand a very realistic um, perspective of what you're putting yourself into um, and find a realtor that you trust and can be your best advisor throughout this whole process Uh, because no question is a dumb question and you truly need someone beside you that you can trust with all of these questions.
1: Yeah. You got to Trust the process, follow the timeline that we both committed to, and that we're here for a research. We know that buying a home isn't doesn't mean the next day you're gonna buy a home and you're gonna live in it. That this journey might take us 60, 90, six months, a year, right? So, but we're here every step of the way. And that's the best feeling we because we've been there with the process, holding your hand all throughout the way until you get your keys. And we'll look back on the journey and say, wow, it took us a long time to get here, but my goals of owning my first home is here. And there, after that, it the base is loaded, and they're just going to build, they're going to grow, and we're, we're just going to, have great success and great energy and that's what we're all about good vibes good energy good investments
0: indeed so as we conclude (laughs) <laughs> the final taping of episode three, Great Expectations, the Realtor Edition. I hope um, you, the listeners, um, actually get has actually gained a better understanding of what we mean by setting expectations, not just for buyers and sellers, but also for how what type of standard to hold your agent, you know, at. Like you want to make sure you had you hold them to high standards. And it's okay to shop around. It's okay to ask tough questions. No questions a dumb question. But just number one thing, keep your hands off and your paws off of our commissions. And <laughs> if, if you ever have any questions about real estate, you can either reach out to myself, Tomas or um, sapana and we'll be more than happy, you know, to give our, you know, our opinion, our professional opinion. And we want to say thank you to everyone who's was listening. Um, I'm actually going to list Subhana and Tomaz, uh, contact information, um, below in the comments for the summary of the episode, That way, if you want to reach out, you will be able to send him a text message, go ahead and tell him Tomas how y- you would love to receive those messages and emails because you're, you're just willing to accept and you're not too busy to take on any new clients. <laughs>
1: 415-994-2945. And you can find us on IG, ts.realtors And we also uh, can help with any financing needs. So I am a licensed NMLS. So if there's any questions about interest rates, market data, refinance, All the questions that you and I have to talk about another podcast, um, we're here for those services again. So, uh, But reach out to Jasmine for more questions and the Fancy Realtor as well.
0: Yes. Thank you for having us, Jasmine. Of course. Thank you so much for being on.
1: Thank you.